It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm upset. David Bell made a bonehead decision last night, and while that normally isn't something that would affect my mood, this one involved an obvious answer that he missed. We'll also get into TJ Zwick and some lineup positives, but I'm upset. Buckle up. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, Jeff sounds angry. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on all of the major podcasting platforms, including YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, we have so much passion for this team that we've both been podcasting about it for over four years. We've taken our passion, and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to talk David Bell and his decision to pinch hit for Jose Barrero in a key situation. Uh, Jeff and I are also going to dig into two Reds players that are having a lot of success right now and are actually serving as uh, leaders and and fueling uh, some good performances here on this Reds lineup. And then finally, we are going to get you set for the TJ Zoic era. Uh, that's something uh, that we can all agree to be very excited about i think but jeff let's start with your seething rage your anger your total level of upsetness about what david bell did last night so for those who didn't see the game bottom of the eighth inning reds have the bases loaded there's two outs and jose barrero is due up except that he's not because he's been replaced in the on-deck circle, by the man who was just called up from AAA, Alejo Lopez. That's right, not Spencer Steer, not the guy that we spent talking about, you know, spent time talking about, like, hey, this guy deserves a shot, and this is why he deserves a shot over Alejo Lopez. Well, here's Alejo Lopez, guy who's never hit a home run in his major league career. Jose Barrero hit two on Saturday. Now I know, you're going to say, well, Jeff, he struck out three times last night, and they didn't look like they were good strikeouts. Okay. So if he's going to fail, we're going to take him out. That's what we're teaching him. He had an opportunity here, Steve. There was an opportunity. You, you, <clears throat> you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself because we got to hear from the man himself. We got to hear why David Bell thought this was a good idea. Here's David Bell on putting Alejo Lopez in for Jose Barrero. Yeah, it just uh, felt like tonight it gave us our best chance uh, to win. We're going to get uh, get to a point where uh, I never even would dream of hitting for Jose Barrero. Um, 
we're, we're still working towards that. It's going to happen soon. But uh, for tonight, it was just I felt like it was our best best chance right there to uh, to claw back into the game, and um, uh, that, that was it. <laughs> this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing. We're worried about singular games against the Mets when we're down by four, and we've got the dude who is the future at shortstop, the guy who is going to be part of this team when they are good again. Lejo Lopez isn't, and we're going to take him out for Alejo Lopez who isn't? There's a lot to unpack here, Jeff. Listen, let's start with what David Bell had to say. Alejo Lopez was their best chance to win, uh, and you know David Bell projecting an image of trying to win games. Then explain to me how Aristides Aquino continues to find at-bats on this team. Explain to me how Hunter Strickland continues to get to pitch in the ninth inning of baseball games uh, for this Cincinnati Reds team. We're not trying to win as many games as possible. What is he talking about? Well, and here's the thing about it. If Alejo Lopez gives you the best shot to win, why didn't he start? Why, why'd you wait till the eighth inning to put him in? Which, by the way, he doesn't. Ale- Alejo Lopez is a fine little slap singles hitter that has a nice on-base percentage. That's it. That, that, that's all you're going to get. Jose Barrero's got pop. He's got power. He's got athleticism. And when he runs into one, he could have hit the game-tying grand slam. Now, I'm not saying that that was likely, but it was far more likely with Jose Barrero at the plate than with Alejo Lopez. And I just don't understand. You saw Jose Barrero... After the game was over, they, they start the post-game coverage for Bally Sports, and they show a picture of the dugout, and Jose Barrero is just sitting there in front of the fence of the dugout, staring off at the horizon like he's a person who is contemplating his life decisions. Is this really the message that David Bell wanted to send to his guy? His guy that David Bell said is our shortstop, is our everyday shortstop for the rest of the season. And I know he put the little thing in there in his, in his answer of just like, well, there's going to be a day when uh, I don't think about replacing Jose Barrero. That's like an old Southern woman saying, God love your little heart before she crushes you because she thinks that you're dumb. It's exactly, that's a great analogy. Yeah, no, it's exactly like that. David Bell had an opportunity to handle this two ways uh, and he picked the wrong one. He picked the one that says, uh, I don't believe in what you're doing right now. I don't believe that you're going to do anything spectacular for us. I don't believe uh, that you're going to have any success. That's the option he picked where what he could have done is pulled Barrero back to the fence for just a second there and said, listen, I know you've had a rough night. You've struck out three times. I believe you're going to figure it out. And I believe you're going to figure it out right now. Go out there and run into one. And it's a whole different, even if he strikes out, it's a whole different mental impact on Jose Barrero, the guy we're trying to bring along in a season that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So you give Jose Barrero that at bat. Now listen, and I'm in a conflicted position here, Jeff, because I've spent a lot of time, a lot of minutes on air talking about Alejo Lopez getting an opportunity. And yes, I still believe that, but not at the expense of Jose Barrero. If you want to sit down Kyle Farmer and play Aleo Lopez, cool, because Aleo Lopez might still be on this team in two or three years. But you don't sit down the shortstop of the now future possible whatever we're calling him for Aleo Lopez. You don't do that. It doesn't make any sense. 
And if Alejo Lopez were the better option, he would have been up before last night. They would have called him up instead of Jose Barrero, but they know that the future is Jose Barrero. And if you're going to jeopardize the future for one game in Queens on a night where you were already down by a grand slam, you needed a grand slam. If you thought you were getting back into it, I just, I, there's so many things about this decision. Even if Alejo, Alejo Lopez ended up striking out, but even if he would have gotten a hit, I still would be this mad because that's not the right decision. This isn't a situation where the ends justify the means. The means were everything, and he totally punted those out the window. I think uh, the, the title of this segment could be David Bell flushed it in flushing. We're going to go there. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I just, I, I, I cannot fathom and i get it there's there's part of david bell's job that is about winning on a nightly basis there there's part of his ego that has to do with winning games and things like that but the big picture cannot be jeopardized and they they really put that into question here tonight i am curious to see what jose barrero does today this is going to tell me a lot about jose barrero and it's to no fault of his own but to be put in the situation that he got put in last night and you're going to come back on a day game tonight you basically had enough time to sleep and then get some coffee and like try and you know will away the frustration from last night how does he respond tonight today i i'm very interested to see how that goes but Overall, I am just absolutely upset about that decision. And, and, and by the way, too, real quick, side note, this has nothing to do with the actual decision that David Bell made. I tried to find video on this. I had to, like, scrub for audio and find it because for some reason it was cut from the video that was shared by Reds Media Relations. I don't know if they're trying to protect David Bell on a bonehead decision, but it just, that's kind of how it felt. Anyway, bad decision. I'm a little, I, I, I'm not worried about the future from one bad decision, but I want to see how this continues because if we're going to pinch hit Jose Barrero in big situations, Jose Barrero is not going to develop. That's, that's absolutely right. It's, you know, for me, Jeff, the, the piece of it is it's not consistent. Either we're going to just let people play consistently regardless of results, Strickland, Aquino, those guys, or we're going to make moves based on the daily performance, which is what Bell says that he did in the eighth inning. So pick one. Right. You don't get to single out players to be that guy. Uh, if you're going to be that way, be that way and manage the team that way. Uh, if you're going to allow for development and give people every opportunity and, and not penalize them because they had an 0 for 3 performance so far in the game, then be that guy. Manage that way. But pick one. Exactly. And you know, Steve, with, without, with all that aside, with the frustration, with the upsetness aside, when I looked at last night, there was a positive from this lineup. And, I, and really, there's two positives that I want to focus on from this lineup. And we're going to uh, talk about that here in a moment. Plus, it's going to include a guy that you might be unaware of right now. And something else you may be aware uh, unaware of is the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver. The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for getting rid of harmful toxins and igniting your fat burning metabolism. Unfortunately, most of us have overworked livers, uh, but now 
it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism. Thanks to the liver health formula by pure health research, the liver health formula contains eight liver boosting boosting super nutrients like turmeric beet and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin flushing and fat burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeding tired and feeling tired and low on energy all the time. And best of all, liver health formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. As a listener of our show, you can try liver health formula risk free today and get a free bottle of curb fit with your order. Curb fit is a safe and all natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to unhealthy foods. This makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try the liver health formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. That's getliverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. Coming up tomorrow, Ryan Finkelstein from Locked On Mets will stop by for a recap of this series in New York. You're not going to want to miss that. Make sure you check out tomorrow's episode and make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcasting app. They, that way you don't miss anything that we've got coming for you here on the podcast. All right, Steve, there were some positives um, last, uh, last night and really for the last little bit. Jake Fraley hit a bomb. I mean, that was an absolute bomb. According to one of my favorite Twitter accounts, would it dong he, that would have been a home run in every single major league park. And that's really indicative of what Jake Fraley has been doing here lately. That's that's rake rake Fraley. Rake Fraley. Yes. Rake, rake Fraley. Fraley. No, no, he mashed that one. And, and it's, you know, since he's been back up from his uh, rehab stint down in Louisville, uh, he's really delivered. He he's playing well. I think that he's provided uh a, a stabilizing presence in an outfield that's in a lot of flux right now. Um, that there's a lot of questions surrounding it, and and Fraley's playing playing in such a way that uh, you know he looks like uh, making that trade of Tyler Naquin not so much a big deal. And it's interesting because uh, you know Rake Fraley. I think somebody. Uh, maybe it was even you, I forget, but on Twitter said uh, Rake and then just replaced the R in his last name with J. Rake Fjelly almost sounds like the most Viking name you've ever heard of. And with the beard and the long hair, kind of looks like a Viking a little bit. But his last eight games, he has been destroying baseball. Speaking of Vikings, destroying. Uh, in his last eight games, since returning from injury, he's hitting 409. Yeah, 4. 409 with an OPS of 1,140, 1140. That's pretty darn good. See now again, tiny sample size, but Hey, he's only had three strikeouts in eight games. That's something really to take away positive because I know that before he got hit, Drake Freilu is kind of striking out a lot. So to see him cut back on those strikeouts is one of those sustainable things. I'm not saying he's going to hit 400 for the rest of the season. Now, if he does, Holy cow, can't wait to see that. But He's definitely showing some signs of being a good bat in this lineup for the Reds where they may not have necessarily expected it. You know, the interesting thing with Fraley is he talked fairly openly about uh, while he was on his minor league rehab assignment, uh, also addressing 
his mental health along with his physical health and really being dialed in on both. And I think we're seeing the, the rewards of that. You know, he went down to the minors, put in a lot of work uh, on that rehab stint and really, uh, really maximized what he was going to get out of it, what his takeaway from that was going to be. And it's really paying dividends for hitting 400 since he's been back. I mean, uh, you, what more can you ask for? Uh, he is, he has been a very pleasant surprise since being activated. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to see. He is a guy that I have said, I said a little bit earlier this season that I, I definitely want to see more from him. And he's a dude that I think we're going to see a lot of because kind of like you mentioned, the rest of the outfield has been a little bit uninspiring especially here lately. But somebody else who's been inspiring in this lineup is a dude that we all kind of thought was going to get traded, Donovan Solano. He has been an absolute revelation. And he's a tough out at this point, Steve, because honestly, in a lineup where it's hard to pinpoint who should be in the middle, obviously Joey Votto, but seeing Donovan Solano in there, I've said it before, like watching Joey Votto hit and then seeing Donovan Solano right after him, I'm getting flashbacks because it's just like, wait, number seven, playing third base. <laughs> nope, not Suarez. Okay, never mind. But he's still hitting pretty well. He is. And in fact, over the last month, 30 games, he's got a slash line of 313, 364, 444. In that time period, Jeff, three home runs, 13 RBIs. And that's not even the most important thing he's bringing to the team into the field right now. I don't think. I think when we're having a conversation about Donovan Solano, we need to talk about the, the leadership aspect and what he brings to a clubhouse that's trying out a lot of youngsters. In fact, uh, Donovan talked about this earlier this week. He feels like he has things to offer Jose Barrero. He said that. He feels like he has things to offer Jonathan India. You know, he, he pointed at both of those players and mentioned them specifically. And, I, and I'm here for it. That, that's exactly what those, those young middle infielders need. Somebody that's been around a while to guide them along a little bit, to help them hone in their game. You know, hopefully... Solano had some time to, to get with Jose Barrero between that pinch hit situation and the start of today's game and, and just kind of refocus him and help dial him in to focus on the now versus looking backwards because that's exactly the kind of guidance a young Barrero needs as he tries to navigate his way through becoming the everyday shortstop. And it's a very positive thing to hear because on a team like the Reds and a veteran like Solano, who's on an expiring contract, he's not coming back next year, at least not as of right now. They could re-sign him, but I, I tend to believe he's going to sign somewhere else. But but a guy like that, you, you think it'd be easy for him to check out, but he's not. He sees his role right now on this team, and I love to see that because the Reds aren't playing for anything. We, we continue to say that, and it's not in a negative way. There's definitely the future to look at here, and you need guys like Donovan Solano on this roster to to be there for a Jose Barrero, like especially last night. I will we'll never know because that is absolutely one of those things that will stay within the locker room, but I got to believe that Donovan Solano, after last night's game, went up to Jose Barrero and talked to him, probably for an extended amount of time, like, dude, this is just going to happen, like that, that sort of thing, and, and I'm sure it was far more inspiring than that, but that is the kind of value that is going to be intangible for this team, a very invaluable for the rest of the season. You know, guys like Jake Fraley, guys like Donovan Solano, they're, they're two guys that are providing the Reds with veteran leadership on the field and 
They're playing with a lot of fire as we head towards the dog days of summer. Uh, but listen, Jeff, coming up, the Zoic era begins for the Cincinnati Reds as right-handed pitcher TJ Zoink, oh boy, takes the mound today for the Red Legs. Just call him Zoink? What Zoink? is it, Scooby-Doo? Zoink? Zoink? I don't know. Zoink? What's his name? Zoink. Zoink. Zoink, right? Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen, coming up, Jeff and I are going to get you set for his Reds debut. Uh, he does have some major league time. But before we get you set for that start, I want to get you set for your next jewelry purchase over at BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. You can build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring that results in each ring being one of a kind. And if you're looking for jewelry to celebrate a special moment but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile can help. They have jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com, and Locked On Reds listeners can get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. Uh, this podcast-exclusive deal includes engagement rings. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Uh, that's right, the promo code LOCKEDON uh, at checkout to get $50 off your $500 purchase uh, every order that you uh, place with blue nile.com it's insured it ships for free and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away the surprise that's inside you can shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to blue nile.com today you can follow the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms, including YouTube. Click subscribe and the notification bell so that you never miss a new episode of the Locked on Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, uh, it's going to be a crossover as we wrap up the Mets series and get you set for the Field of Dreams in Iowa. Uh, we've got you covered all throughout that this week. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. Spelling's hard for him. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff. It is, it is a monumental day in Reds history. It is it's something we're going to look back on years from now and not remember this guy's name. But <laughs> <laughs> it's you, the Zoink you've era. Started, you've started something. If he gets a strikeout, for every strikeout he gets during today's game, I'm totally going to tweet out, Zoinks! There you go. <laughs> He got zoinked. What, I, there's there's lots of ways zoinked. to go with this. I love it. Uh, there's no N in his name, but I do I do love the Zoik era. Zoik. I'm going to say that wrong for a long time now, but it's all right. <laughs> Listen, all right. So this is not someone that is completely oblivious to what it's like to pitch in the major leagues. Uh, he's been up in three different seasons with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you know, this, this righty last pitch uh, for the Blue Jays last season uh, doesn't have a lot of big league time, Jeff. 49 innings pitched. Uh, in that time, he's put up a 4.59 ERA. However, his FIP is 5.79. So, you know, don't be deceived completely by that low ERA. Uh, in those 49 innings, uh, he has struck out 31 guys. Here's the problem, though, Jeff. While striking out 31, he also walked 24. Yeah, and that's really where that FIP comes into play and why it shows that even though 4.59 
isn't really that great in an ERA, it shows that even that is still lucky. So he's going to have to watch the base on balls today in New York. He does have a four pitch mix. And it's interesting to know, cause I was looking up on fan graphs to see what they had to say about him. And according to his scouting profile, his cut fastball is actually his best pitch. So we'll have to see how that plays here today, but he has a four seam fastball, a cut fastball, a slider and a changeup. So it's nice to know that he's got a bunch of different pitches that he can call upon. However, most of them are, you know, average or below average. So to see how that plays here today is going to be interesting. Well, and you know, this guy's a former first round draft pick, Jeff. It's, it's not like they just plucked him out of, you know, semi-pro baseball and are asking him to start. So you would expect that he can Carson Fulmer. Really? Is that what we're doing today? Carson Palmer? <laughs> had to drop that name. You didn't think you'd hear about Carson Palmer oh. today, did you? <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. All right. Let's. Yes, that is true. However, I'm trying to spin this in a positive direction. His first round draft pick that you would, you would hope could um, stumble into a winner today. Uh, the four pitches, you know, might be enough to keep, the Mets line up off balance with not a lot of film and not a lot of prep time. So this is one of those games that the Reds could steal and avoid the sweep. It would be nice to see because it's felt like, and I know we mentioned last night, the eighth inning, the Reds had the bases loaded, had a chance to really build a rally. There were a couple of innings that they did. It, it just felt like they got out pitched and, and Mike Miner did fine, but Carlos Carrasco was amazing. And the lineup has really been shut down. So hopefully if TJ Zoit can turn in a nice performance for the Reds, he can get some run support to help him out. But Steve, I got a question for you because we, we talked about this and you know, the, the probable starter spot for Wednesday had been open up until pretty much like five o'clock yesterday. And when they finally announced that Zoic would be the guy, why not? Brandon Williamson or, or even, and I know he just got promoted to triple a, but even like a guy like Levi stout. So two different answers for two different guys. I think with stout, we'll start there. You probably just really hit on it. He just got promoted. I think bringing him up at this point would, would do more harm than good. You know, we talked about with Williamson, it would be good to, to get him up, get him a look, let him get some film to work with, let him, start to identify holes in his game that, that he can maybe address in the off season. Uh, I don't think stout's quite there yet. I think that, you know, you may shake his confidence more than anything else. If you bring him up now and he gets slapped around uh, as far as Williamson goes, I keep falling back to the fact that they may not want to start everybody's clocks all at the same time. And they may not want to have to address that down the road and, and potentially pay attention to that. And, and I know there's games that they could play and we don't want them playing those games. So, you know, it could also be, and, and I know this is shocking, it could also be they just don't think he's ready and they're sticking to their guns, which, yeah. okay, I can accept that too. And that's probably not something they would say publicly. They probably aren't going to come out and just say that. So, you know, there, there's, there's a multitude of reasons why it was not Williamson. And there, there's some good arguments to bring him up. And there's some good arguments to keep him right where he is. So in, in the grand scheme of things, is it going to give me a lot of heartburn? Not really. Um, I think I would much rather uh, trust Derek Johnson and trust the the process on what he's doing with these pitchers because everybody that we've talked to says what the Reds are doing in the minor leagues right now is working. 
especially on the pitching side of things and the development side of things. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to trust it. I'm just going to trust it and, and hope that, you know, Zoic can come up and, and, and do a good job today. And, and the, the odds are stacked against Zoic, but I, I'm kind of, I'm rooting for him. Obviously he's a red and he's a, Ohio native coming in from Mason, but uh, I, I want to see him succeed, but chances are our buddy Ken at Obscure X Reds is going to be looking for his jersey at Reds Fest. Um, but you know, I heard I, that he had to pick up a second job to um, be able to <laughs> afford all of the all of the jerseys he's going to have to purchase between now and Reds Fest. If you haven't met Ken, he's the guy wearing a Ryan LaVarnway jersey at the Reds game. I'm telling you, that's his favorite jersey. Um, but no, I am looking forward to seeing what TJ Zoy can bring to the table here. But I agree with you. I think that it does make sense because in the Rays model, you're going to trade a guy who you have not signed to a long-term extension when he has two years of control left, which means if they don't sign any of these guys to long-term extensions, well, then in three years, we're going to be having a tough conversation. But We'll worry about that whenever the time comes. Anyway, TJ Zoik starting the uh, starting his Reds uh, career here today. That that's gonna do it for us though. Here, Steve, we gotta gotta run. The game's about to start. We're gonna watch us some baseball. See if the Reds can uh, avoid a sweep here. Plus, I know you've got something big coming up too. I do. I've got uh, some interviews scheduled, and I'm not gonna tease it too hard until I've actually got that darn thing laid down. And, and recorded, true, but we are going to be, we, we've got a scheduled uh, interview with a, a big name prospect uh, that's currently playing in double A and I, it's not Ellie. I'm just going to put that out there. It's not Ellie, but it's a big name prospect. Uh, hopefully we get that laid down today and it'll be in your feeds on Monday. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for us here today on the Locked on Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, we will talk to Ryan Finkelstein. We'll break this down. Me and him are going to sit down and talk about Reds Mets. And we're probably going to look at my thoughts on the Mets future this season because I think that they're uh, pretty good and going to get his take. I know he knows the minor leagues as well. So get his take on some of the guys that the Reds were able to acquire over the deadline. That's coming up tomorrow on the Locked on Reds, Locked on Mets crossover. But thanks for making Locked on Reds. Your first listen here today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. Sully has you covered every single day on Locked On MLB, and he brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app or on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. just like Locked On Reds. Steve... We're heading to a cornfield. We're heading to the field of dreams. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first, we got to figure out this uh, last game of the Mets series. So what's that mean for you and me? Well, that means you and I are going to hopefully watch the Mets get zoinked. We're going to continue to record podcasts. And for our listeners, if you subscribe, it will download. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.